Take your Bibles with me, if you would, please. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. Been in a series of messages about uh, the church called bodybuilding and talking about how we can grow in our faith and how we can help to build up the church as well. We're going to jump right into the text this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, talks to us about the church. And Paul writes this. From him, and the him there is Christ, as we'll see here in just a moment. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This morning I want to talk to you about four signs of a healthy church. As, as Paul has walked us through what the church is to look like and how the church is to build each other up, he gives to us now, this is, this is kind of the last verse in this passage, and he says to us, this is, this is what it should look like. This is how it should work. He gives us a model for how the church is to build each other up and to work together. And in this passage, I see here four signs of a healthy church. Four signs that I hope we'll see in this church and four things that I hope you'll see in your own life as well. So let's, let's walk through this morning. Four signs of a healthy church. Here's number one. Christ is the head of a healthy church. If the church is healthy, then Christ is going to be the leader. He's going to be the source. He's going to be the purpose. He's going to be not only the, the, the hope of the church. He's not only going to be the goal and the focus of the church, but he's also going to be the source from which everything about the church flows. So Christ is the head of a healthy church. Here's how Paul says it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. He says, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So it comes from him. He's the head of the church. Why do we use that term? We'll go back one verse, verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. Now look, we could could talk about this part of of this idea of our faith and of the church for for a long time. Let me just give you three quick thoughts. This is by no means um, exhaustive. But if Christ is the head of the church, then realize this. Number one, if Christ is the head of the church, then Jesus will be glorified. He will be the focus. He will be what our heart is set on. And sometimes what happens in our own individual lives, and in particular even in churches sometimes, is other things become the focus. Now the church finds itself involved in a lot of different things. And it is, it is I believe, one of the most powerful entities for, for change that God has put on the earth. It's one of those institutions that God established so that his kingdom could be built. He says that even the gates of hell will not stop his church. But it's not because people come together. And it's not because it has the potential to have mighty power and its volunteers or mighty resource in those of us that are part of the church the reason the church is unstoppable is because christ is the head amen and so that means he should be our focus not only that if christ is the head of the church jesus will be glorified another thing if christ is the head of the church then god's truth will be proclaimed if christ is the head of the church then god's truth will be proclaimed i feel like the lord's going to have us talk about this in more detail here in just a couple of weeks but Without spelling out the whole thing, I read an article this week where someone who at one point was a very prominent evangelical minister made a statement where he said, the church needs to become more culturally relevant and not to take our cues from some letters that were written 2,000 years ago. Yeah, that's what I said. 
Here's the deal. One of those letters that was written 2,000 years ago said that there's a time coming where people's ears will itch to hear things that they want to hear. But God's truth isn't written to satisfy itching ears. It's truth to tell us what really matters, what really lasts, how we're really supposed to live. And if Christ is the head of the church, then God's truth will be proclaimed. And you know what happens then? Jesus said this. He says, if he's lifted up, then he will draw all men unto him. So if Jesus is glorified and truth will be proclaimed, here's the third thing. If Christ is the head of the church, then lives will be changed. If Christ is the head of the church, then lives will be changed. And we're seeing that happen almost on a daily basis. How people's lives through his church are being changed. Our, our vision as a church is this. Calvary's vision is life change. And you've heard us say that before. And we'll say it again and again. What is our purpose? What is our focus? What is the filter for the things that we do? How do we, how do we gauge whether we're effective or not? If lives are changed. And if people's lives aren't changed, then, then maybe it's just not worth doing. But if they encounter Jesus Christ, who is the living Savior, their lives will be changed. Don't you agree? That's what Jesus said. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it in a very mediocre way. Amen? No, thanks. Somebody's awake. Have it to the fool. Here's the first sign of a healthy church. If the church is healthy, then Christ is the head of the church. Here's the second thing. And this will sound a little familiar to you today. Number two, a healthy church will connect. It's right here in this passage of Scripture. That if the church is healthy, if God's work is being accomplished in the church, then the church will connect. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Look at this passage again. From him... Do you ever have your notes in the wrong order? That ever happened to you? Same verse at the top of two different pages. But we now have them decent and in order. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You know what he's talking about there? He's talking about connection. Because if the parts of our body are not, listen to how he says it, they're joined. That means that there's this, this, there's this in, in, in connectedness that comes in that and they're held together there's a firmness there's a solidity there's there's health to it joined and held together it's that connection that we're to have as a church three things just to to briefly consider about that one is this that a disconnected church is an ineffective church if we are not connected then we will be ineffective as the church same thing's true in our uh, in in our physical bodies in our physical bodies if we have issues where things aren't aligned right where they're not connected right it it keeps us from being effective for, and, and, and I don't know why God does this, but for some reason he kind of reminded me of that this morning. So this morning my alarm goes off and on Sundays I get up considerably earlier than Rhonda. So if my alarm goes off more than a couple of times, because I have the spiritual gift of snoozing sometimes, um, the, the exact words are, it's like a circus in here, she'll say. So I've got to, you know, I, I want to get out of bed because I, I don't want to get up kind of early. So I keep my, my phone as my alarm clock. It's on the other side of the room. So I can, I can you know, forces me to get out of bed. Well, today when I did it, I like twisted my ankle or something. Oh, I'm fine. It's okay. Some of you are like, oh, pray for the boy right now. You know, it's like, thank you, but I'm good, okay? But it was like, it reminded me in that moment because for the next couple of hours, I'm kind of hobbling around a little bit because if there's this little part of your body that just isn't right in its connectedness, it hinders the effectiveness of the whole body, right? That's why Paul uses this analogy. 
Not because he was into WebMD. It was because he knew this would minister to us, right? He says, look, if it's not connected right, it won't be effective. The Bible also tells us this, I believe, that my individual isolation creates the church's limitation. Here's the second thing we see in this passage. My isolation creates the church's limitation. What Paul is stressing here is this, is that if I do my part, if I'm connected, if I'm involved in a group of believers, like Pastor Keith talked about a couple of weeks ago with our connect groups, and if I'm interacting, if I'm serving, if I'm working together with other people, then it removes those limits that the churches can have because because the church is designed to move forward as we work together. But if I isolate myself, it creates the church's limitation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 walks us through this whole analogy of the body. And I won't take the time to read it, but I encourage you to write it down and go back to this chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 14, where Paul talks about how we each need each other. And he makes it very clear throughout his writing. Multiple times he refers to us as the body of Christ. He says, look, when this body doesn't work right, when it's not connected, it puts a limit on how effective the body can be. And some of you, because of physical ailments, know exactly what he's talking about there, right? So when you isolate yourself, you you limit the effectiveness of God's church. No matter how big or how small you think your part might be, he's designed this thing to work with you doing the part that he's designed you to do, no matter what it is, no matter what value others might place on it. Here's a third thing then, and and I think this is... I feel this strongly today for someone that a lack of connection can lead to a place of danger. Look, when there is, when there is a part that's separated from the body, that part dies, right? It has to be connected to the body for it to live and for it to be healthy. So this is about more than just how things happen in the church. This is about more than just the church being effective. God has designed this so that you will live and that you will thrive and so that your life will be healthy. A lack of connection can lead to a place of danger, not for the church, but for you. Listen to how uh, James writes to us about this. James chapter 5, verse 19. In speaking to the church, James says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Two things about that verse. One, you and I have an obligation that when we see someone wandering, we help to bring them back. Every so often, people think that that's that's a job only the pastor can do. But the truth is that if God's put in your heart that there's someone who seems to be wandering from the faith, let us know. I'll help. I'll pray. I'll, I'll, I'll talk. But if God's put them on your heart, do you think that maybe God might also have put a place of effectiveness for you to minister to them? Does that make sense? So if you see someone wandering, bring them back. But what James also says here is that when someone wanders, they're in danger of death. You know what he says there? You'll save them from death. We have a tendency to wander away. I tried to think of a good analogy for this, whether it was like if you wander off in the wilderness by yourself or if you, you try to go out into the desert by yourself. And the only thing that seemed to really minister to us here in northwest Ohio in this season of time was, was if you were to wander out in a blizzard, right? Okay, let's, let's pray that that analogy is no longer effective come next Sunday. Amen? All right, good. But here's the deal. You wander out into a blizzard. I I don't care how strong or how prepared you might be. 
Somewhere when you wander off from safety, when you wander off on your own, you put yourself in a place of great risk and great danger. Someone needs to know where you are and someone needs to know what direction your life is heading. Connectedness is critically important. And I don't know, but that that's not a word for someone today who has been living their life kind of as a maverick. And kind of been saying, you know what, I'm good, I'm on my own, I've got this handled, I've got this taken care of, I don't need this, or I don't need that, or I got hurt there, so I don't want to... It matters that we're connected, because that connectedness brings life. And I want to take a moment this morning, because that life is not just for us as the local church, but I also believe that it's important for us as the global church. Um, just recently in the news, this last week, was the, the news of the execution of 21 Christians by ISIS. Did you see that? And we have been asked um, to take a moment and to pray. Let me read this. This is from um, Dr. George Wood, who is the General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God. The recent beheading of 21 Egyptian Christians is a reminder to the body of Christ that even in the 21st century, Christians are being martyred. And in a separate statement, and I, I thought this, this quote was really interesting, Samuel Rodriguez, who's the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference, called upon all Christians to allocate time to pray in their services on this Sunday. Listen to this quote. Recognizing that today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Recognizing that today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. As followers of Christ, we recognize that silence is not an option. So we're going to pray this morning. Before we do, I want to invite you to, to take a moment and realize that as the church, we're not just connected to those who come to Calvary at 8.30, but we're connected to believers all around the world. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we, because of where we live, can oftentimes take our faith for granted. And, and things can just be stories in the news or headlines or blips on a TV screen. Lord, it's very, it's very real that there's persecution happening in many different ways all over the world, and some of it is, is, is brutal and deadly. And so, Lord, today we pray, realizing that we are connected not just to each other in a building, but to the body of Christ globally. And so, Lord, today we pray for those who are facing persecution for their faith. Lord, those whose lives are at risk Lord, even those that I've met in the last few weeks who because of their faith could lose everything that they have. And Lord, I ask that you would be with them and that you would bless them. And God, would you let them know your strength and your presence in a powerful way in their time of great challenge. Lord, and as the video just said, would you also allow a realization of this to bring those of us in this church a recognition of your great sacrifice, of the gift that you've given to us, and may it be the seed for a revived church, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you do more than just pray for a couple minutes this morning? And uh, let's pray for our brothers and sisters that we're connected to all around the world because a healthy church will connect. Two more things, real quick. Number three about a healthy church this morning. A healthy church will grow. A healthy church will grow. If you want to know how you can begin to grow in your faith and you weren't here last Sunday, I would encourage you to hop online and watch Pastor Bill's message about the Bible. Wasn't it a great word last week? 
And uh, just a powerful truth, not just about how powerful God's word is, but how we can apply it to our lives. Here's what Paul says about growth in this passage. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It grows and builds itself up in love. A healthy church will grow. And it says that we will grow. And then I like the word choice that he uses here. He says, and builds itself up in love. He, there's a lot there to unpack. And just think about growth for just, just a brief moment. Growth is a progressive thing. He says it's something that builds. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's something that has to progress and it has to develop. If you look at us, anything that's strong really in life, anything that's strong is because it's layer upon layer of something that's reinforced. When you look at a great tree, if a great tree falls or is cut down, you look, you see ring after ring after ring that there's been a progression of growth that has made it strong, that has made it great. Things that are great, things that are strong, things that grow take time. So growth is a progressive thing. Growth is also, and consider this, growth is also a deliberate thing. Because Paul says that it builds itself. It has to make the choice. It has to move forward. If you're going to be fit, if you're going to grow, you have to choose to do it. And here's, here's one of the things that I think is, is um, an unintended consequence of religious freedom. With religious freedom, we tend to not think that we have to work as hard on our faith because it comes so easy to us. Does that make sense? And so anything that's fit, anything that's healthy is because you've made a deliberate choice for it to be that way. So if you're going to grow, growth is a progressive thing. Growth is a deliberate thing. One other thing that Paul says here is that growth is a love thing. Look, he says it grows and builds itself up in love. Here's the test. If you are really growing in your faith, it will somehow express itself through love. It will manifest itself in a loving way. Have you ever, um, you haven't ever done this, but have you ever been to somebody's house or maybe someone in your home cooked something and in the process they got the recipe wrong and it looked right, it looked good, but instead of sugar, they put in salt and it looks right, but you take a bite and you say it, it doesn't taste right. Have you ever had that happen? You taste something and you're like, that's weird. That's not what that's supposed to taste like. And for many of us, we think we're growing. We think we're moving forward. But when you interact with us, what you don't see is love. It looks okay, but it doesn't taste right. And Paul says, look, if you're truly growing, then the result of that will be love. And we've talked about this, but it's true and we need to recognize this as a sign of a healthy church. Four signs of a healthy church. Number one, Christ will be the head of a church. Number two, a healthy church will connect. Number three, a healthy church will grow. Let's wrap it up. Fourth thing, a healthy church will serve. A healthy church will serve. Look at what Paul says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From him... The whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work, as each one of us chooses to serve. Isn't that cool how Paul wrote that verse so it would fit our vision as a church? Connect, grow, serve right in there. Hopefully because we're doing biblical things as a church, but it shows us that a healthy church will serve.
Two things. First is this. Each of us is called to serve. Not just the pastor. Not just those that are on the board or the Sunday school teacher or that guy that hands you that piece of paper as you walk in. It's about a whole lot more than that. And the Bible makes it very clear as each part does its work. Every one of us is called to serve. And if you question that, if you wonder about that, let me take you to probably my favorite passage in all the Bible, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It tells us this, that God made you special and he has a great plan for your life because he's designed each one of us to do his work and each of us is called to serve. So the question that we sometimes ask is, how, what do I do? I'm glad you asked. I want to invite Leah Fuller to come to the platform, if you would, Leah. And Leah serves as our serve director here at Calvary. And uh, she's been on the team since October. And it's just tearing it up and doing a great job in helping us to be more effective in serving, not just in the local church, but also impacting our community. And uh, we're thrilled to have you on the team. And so the question that we ask you today, Leah, is if I'm supposed to serve, how do I do it? What do I do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, Today in your bulletin, there's an insert that will give you a lot of information on how you can serve. And I wanted to just draw your attention to a few of the ways that you can be involved. Oh, thank you, Vanna. So nice. (laughs) Um, We have a sign-up area out in the lobby. We would love for you to stop by and talk with somebody. Um, On the back here, where it's the not red part, the more white part, it talks about our different serve projects that we have going on in March and in April. And so every month we'll have serve projects that you can join. A serve project is just a once-off commitment. You sign up, you come once, and uh, you help to bring life change to someone's life. Um, We also have serve teams, and those are more consistent ways to serve. So maybe you join the serve team to serve in the nursery or to work on the worship team or to be a greeter at the front door. And so we have a whole list of serve teams that are currently looking for new volunteers to join. So we'd love for you to stop by. Um, I wanted to just share a little bit about my journey. I grew up here at Calvary, so this is home for me. Um, But for 14 years, I was involved in foreign missions, and I had the amazing privilege of traveling all over the world and was one of those things that you just didn't expect to happen. People would always ask me, how did you become a missionary? And I'd say, it was a complete accident. (laughs) I did not mean to end up in Africa. I went on a mission trip with Pastor Bill to Germany, and the next thing you know, uh, 14 years later, you're standing in Africa. and in all of my journeys, one of the that things... That doesn't happen to everybody, right? Oh, no. Okay, yeah, no, no, okay. No, all right. That won't happen okay. to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I learned, though, the most through all of my journeys was that it's all about relationship. And just like we talked about connecting and growing, it's about building that relationship with people, um, whether it be in Africa or whether it be here in Toledo. And so um, as I traveled the world, the Lord began to really mold my heart for local communities. And the more I would come back home and visit, um, I knew that this is where I wanted to be and this is where God wanted me to be. And so it's an honor and a privilege to be here. And I think my my mind is always drawn back to the verse in Matthew where someone says to Jesus, well, what's the most important thing we should do? And what's the greatest commandment? How should we live our lives? And he says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. But the very next sentence out of his mouth is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we work together to serve in the church, um, we're also going to work together to serve in Maumee and in Toledo and see how we can bring life change to the community here. And so this Sunday, we launched something kind of exciting that on a regular basis, we are going to emphasize how important it is that we're involved in our community and in what God's doing here. Tell us about uh, what starts today. So today is our official first Serve Sunday. We're really excited to be able to have a way to 
focus, how we're serving, and to give you guys an opportunity to sign up and know how to be involved um, in an easy way. So throughout the year, we'll have Serve Sundays, and that's when we'll introduce our next projects for the next few months. So hang on to this paper. Um, this will be a good guide for you for the next few months, but know that um, if you lose it, there will always be another opportunity to sign up. Awesome. And, and when you go to the display area, and where is that? It's in the atrium. Yeah, when you walk out the main hallway, you'll see it. We're just to the left of the fireplaces, back on the, the back wall by the reception desk. And you have the opportunity there to sign up for one of these projects that's on here, but also to be involved on a regular basis. Um, I don't know if you've, you've noticed, but on those Sundays when winter doesn't keep large portions of us at home watching online, you remember that? Um, we're seeing some really remarkable growth as a church. And with that growth comes the increased need for the whole body to do its part. A couple of areas, we in the month of January on two different occasions set a new record for the number of kids in our children's ministry and then broke it two weeks later. I'm, I'm excited about that. And that's, I mean, that's, that's cool, the number of people that we're ministering to. With that, though, that also requires more folks to say, how can I be involved? What can I do? We're seeing the same thing in our, in our hospitality ministries as we greet people and as we serve. And also, as we're adding other venues like the chapel and hopefully more in the future, an opportunity that we need more and more people involved in the tech area with our video, with our sound, with our lighting. All those things are places that, that if God's speaking to your heart about being involved someplace, even if you don't know a specific, that's where some real needs are right now. They can come by that area in the back of the atrium and, and meet your team there and sign up and be involved there as well. Yeah, we'd love to walk you through what some of those opportunities um, involve. But also, if you have a special skill or a special talent or something that the Lord has laid on your heart, we would love to hear from you. Because there's a lot of things happening around Calvary, around town, that we maybe don't have listed, or maybe there's a new opportunity that we can involve you with. Awesome, awesome. Would you show your appreciation to Leah this morning? Thanks, Leah. We talk about this because Paul says that each one of us is called to serve, and one last thought, that the service of the saints is essential to the health of the church. The service of the saints, that's you, right? Those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. Scripture says that we are the saints. That the service of the saints is essential to the health of the church. Paul says it only works when each one of us does our part. He says that's a critical way that it happens. And so that's why a healthy church with Christ as the head will connect and grow and serve. Now, now let, me, let me emphasize this for just a moment on two fronts. One, for God to continue to do what he wants to do in this church... It will take each one of us saying, God, how do you want to use me? But as much as I'm concerned about the church, I'm concerned about your life. Because what I've seen is that when we fail to connect, grow, and serve, we fail to move forward in our life and experience all that God has for us. We miss out on what he wants to do, even for us personally and individually. And my hope and prayer is that you will look at this and say, God, what role, what part, how do you want me involved in what you're doing and helping to move your kingdom forward? Here's the, here's the two things um, that, that sometimes people ask. There's a question that kind of comes up in this moment. And one is this, you say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How do what, I, don't, I don't feel like I have a certain gift. I don't feel like I'm inclined to volunteer in a certain area. What do I do? I don't know what to do. I'd encourage you to stop by the table, talk to Leah and her team, and just say, look, I know I need to do something. Where, where can I best be used? 
The other thing that happens sometimes is sometimes people say, I don't know what to do. Sometimes people say, I don't have the want to do. I don't really want to do anything. I, I did stuff before and I'm done. Or I, I'm busy. I don't, I don't feel like I, just, I don't want to do anything. And my advice would be the same to you. In the same way when you don't know what to do, it's good to just do something. When you don't want to do it, just do something. Because oftentimes, the car doesn't move until you press the gas, right? In fact, if your car's moving and you didn't press the gas, you've got a whole other issue, right? Get moving. Start something. Most of the most important things that I've done in my life were things that I did not want to do, right? And so, at some point, just do something. Here's why. I just read about a young lady who passed away in 2013. Her name was Brooke Megan Greenberg, and she was 20 years old, lived in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Here's what was unique about Brooke. Brooke had what was called Syndrome X. They called it that because it was so rare that they, they didn't know what else to call it. Here's what happened to Brooke. Her parents realized when she was about four years old that she wasn't just delayed. She just wasn't growing. Brooke, both physically and mentally, never developed past the growth of a toddler, even though she lived to be 20 years old. Her mental capacity was about that of a nine-month-old. And physically, her body, her body physically never developed past that of a small toddler. So she spent 20 years in a stroller. She spent 20 years with, with her life just stuck in that, in that place. And although she was very special and she was loved and she was valued by her family and her family very clearly feels like God gave her to them for a purpose, it was a puzzling thing to her family and to the medical community so much that they don't know what to call it except Syndrome X. Because this is, we just, we don't know why this young lady just didn't grow. She just didn't develop. It's a very rare condition in humanity, but it's not so rare in the church. Because there's an awful lot of people who are born again, but they never grow. And there's an awful lot of churches who never reach their growth and their potential because something happens that never moves it forward. And oftentimes, it's because we ignore this passage that Paul talks about. A healthy church will have Christ as the head and will connect and grow and serve together. Can I ask you for the sake of your life and for the sake of Christ's church, will you do your best not to stunt that growth? So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me today, if you would. And for some of you, you I'm preaching to the choir today. You are already in a place where you've connected or you're growing or you're serving. But for others of you, God's speaking very clearly to your heart today. And maybe I'm speaking to the one who has spiritually isolated themselves and you've separated yourself and maybe it wasn't until this morning that you realized you're kind of out there in a blizzard all on your own. And what you need is so definitely and so clearly to be connected to Christ's body. Whether it be through a place of service or whether it be through a connect group or whether it be just going to somebody and saying, look, this is where I'm at and this is the direction I'm headed in and can you, can you just help me? But that today you'd make the step to be connected. And for some of you, you've just been in, in, um, in cruise control. And you're realizing today that as God's speaking to you, 
that the fruit that's coming out of your life is not love. And so you need to progressively and deliberately choose to grow. And at this critical moment in the life of our church, this passage becomes so real. Because as God is doing something special among us, we want Him to continue to move forward through us. And that will mean that each one of us does our part because the body's only healthy as each one does the work that it's created to do. And for some of you, God's speaking to your heart. For some of you, God's been speaking to your heart. And today's like He's just kind of ringing that doorbell. He's, He's knocking on the door again and saying, I have something special I want you to do. You might not even know what it is. You might not even want to move forward. But today say, God, I'll I'll serve how you've called and created me to serve. Would you help me to find that right place? In fact, some of you have a little sense of desperation in your heart. You're saying, Pastor, I want to be used of God, but I don't know how. Will you pray for me? We're going to do that before we wrap up here today. And some of you are even saying, I believe that God has a purpose for my life, but I know that my life isn't right with God. And I've heard you talk through communion today about Christ's sacrifice. And I'm reminded through those who literally have given their life for their faith that I need a faith that's worth dying for. And as we pray today, if you need to begin that relationship with Jesus Christ, it's as simple as calling out to Him, Scripture says, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. And so, Father, we come to you in this moment. Lord, your word speaks to us in so many different ways. But with you, Jesus, as the head of the church, Lord, I pray for those who need to connect today. God, that you will divinely direct their steps to a place where they can be in a a healthy way connected to the body. Lord, I pray for those whose growth has stagnated, that in this moment, Father, would you allow them to make a fresh commitment to grow in their faith? And Lord, for each one of us, would you challenge us to serve, to take our time and our talent and our treasure, the things that you've given to us, and use them to see your kingdom move forward. Help us to take those steps knowing that you'll lead us and guide us all along the way. And now, Lord, as we go from here, will you go with us? Send us out with your special favor and your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.